Hello everyone, I'm Contessa of WrestleZone.com, here to talk about a very fun and eventful episode of Friday Night SmackDown, which had been billed as the Super SmackDown. I should be joined by Robert E. Flea shortly, but I figured I would get the ball rolling here uh, just to get the, get the show started. So uh, before I get before I do, just want to remind you all of this show, like everything we do here at WrestleZone is available on any number of streaming platforms, so it's SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be, we've got you covered. And also just want to say, you know, I'd be remiss not to, you know, point out that today is the 20th, uh, I won't say anniversary, but 20th, 20 years since the, the, the attacks on September 11th. So just want to uh, take a moment to point those out and give it a moment of silence in honor of everyone who lost their lives those, that, those days, uh, sorry, that day. And, uh, you know, everyone that was affected by by that day. Um, you know, it's a crazy thing. It was 20 years ago and how much the world has changed, but definitely a day that, uh, I think many people in America and around the world will certainly remember for a long, long time. So I just want to take a moment of silence for that, uh, and then we'll get the show started. So it was a, a very eventful and fun episode of Friday Night SmackDown this week. Uh, it, again, it was built a Super SmackDown, and you know one of my pet peeves that we've seen a little lately since fans can't, can't have come back is that you'll have a show like this or a show like, you know, we, we just seen a couple of times where like John Cena will be advertised for Raw, but he won't be on the televised part of the show. He'll just be on the dark matches, which is great for the fans in attendance, but it is a little misleading, uh, you know, as, as a TV viewer when it's like, oh, you know, you're going to see supposedly, you know, a John Cena or for, in this case, they'd advertise Bobby Lashley. I think maybe even Drew McIntyre, several of Raw's top stars. And I, I do think uh, Charlotte defeated Ray Ripley in the dark match. Um, so again, cool for the live fans in attendance, but for the TV viewer, you know, you're thinking, oh, it, like it, it, it had seemed like it would be uh, a super show, like Raw and SmackDown on the on the TV show. Uh, so yeah, that, that that was a little disappointing, I, I guess, just for lack of a better word. Uh, and, but that does not take away from the fact that, or at least my opinion, that this week's episode was a very very fun show. Um, you know, I, and I think that's that's kind of the sentiment around it that this was probably. Uh, one of the best episodes of WWE TV, or at the very least, even SmackDown, which has, I would say, become the A show um, maybe in the last year, really since Roman Reigns came back. Um, so even then, even even just in that standard, uh, I would say it's become the A show. And then on top of that, definitely uh, it'll probably one of the better episodes of WWE TV that we've seen. Uh, where you had a, a pay-per-view quality match with Seth Rollins and Edge, where you had Brock Lesnar coming back, a very, very hot crowd out, like, you know, an AEW-like crowd, where, where the, the crowd is really into it. Nesha Curse already saying it was a great great episode of SmackDown, and I would definitely agree. Uh, shout out from the Philippines, from Carlos Mirabella's Lozada. Thank you very much. Um, so yes, an, an absolutely fun fun episode. Mike, you have to point out Cena came out after SmackDown. I'm I'm aware. I know. I'm, I was just pointing out the fact that you know Cena, some of these other Raw stars have been advertised, and you, you had thought that uh, you know they'd be part of the actual show. So um, you know, but we'll, again, we're not going to draw on that too too much because it, it was a very good show. I, I want to focus on that. Not a perfect one. We will talk about one major negative uh, aspect of the show. Uh, but I want to try to be a little more positive first and foremost here. So um, I guess I'll start, I'll start with kind of the, the, the featured match of the evening because that was probably one, the one big uh, big thing other than Brock Lesnar that we really, that really had to look forward to, at least dating back to when we, when we were talking about the show last week. So we did see Edge face Seth Rollins in a rematch from SummerSlam. And the, here, you know, I had initially kind of approached this match like, okay, there's no way that uh, – 
that Edge is going to lose, and that they had talked about uh, during his entrance. Four thousand days since John Cena. Or sorry, so I'm still reading comments about John Cena since Edge competed in Madison Square Garden, which is absolutely crazy. Um, you know, and, and just a very very cool moment for him, a very very cool moment for his fans like myself. Um, you know, a guy, and it's one thing you know that he's come back and he's been he's wrestling for the first time in years. But then you, you put a number to that, and, and Madison Square Garden, at least for me, I mean, I, I'm New Jersey born and raised, and to me, that's one of my, that's probably the big arena to me. Like, and, and I think that's fair, right? It's often called, uh, you know, the, the like the world's most famous arena, but especially like in in this the tri-state area, like it is this very much um, almost a, a pinnacle of arenas right so you know putting putting edge and rollins there in master garden with edge coming back you know to the arena for the first time i, I think i read reports more that he bent down and, and kissed them out because he was just so emotional about it as he should be it's a, definitely a big deal um just a very very special thing very very good match you know as, as you would hope these guys you know went out one all out here uh to deliver a very a very very good match uh I would say but probably on par, just as good, maybe even better than the one at SummerSlam, which was good because this was for not not on the pay-per-view, on quote-unquote free TV. So you always like to see that, you know, get your, your money's worth when you're not even paying. So uh, and you were already getting some comments about how there will very likely will be a, a third match here to complete the trilogy. Nishikar is predicting that, you know, Edge won at SummerSlam, Rollins won last night, you, you set up a third match. Now, getting, I think I saw two comments uh, from Nesha saying Extreme Rules. I mean, uh, so let's say, let's just uh, not bury the lead here. Seth Rollins won the match. It was very, very good. And he finally hit the stomp on Edge. It's something that this storyline has really been about, where you dating back to, I think that was 2014 or 2015. Uh, I think it was 2015. He had, he had teased, you know, stomping edge and you know permanently retiring him uh and and then now that edge came back to fight the odds uh, i don't think we've seen him get stomped until uh last night where you know he won SummerSlam. uh anytime they brawled he didn't get hit with the curb stomp that i can recall and the whole emphasis was like if he ever did get stomped uh that would be definitely very concerning um for for his prospects in the ring and uh, he finally did get stomped rollins kicked him in the face and kicked him below the belt to set it up and there's some really masterful storytelling here. And, you know, there was one review I read on, on Cage Side Seats where they're saying, you know, you could just really tell Edge's uh, facial expressions, um, you know, it made it clear, like, he has this moment of, of almost penance where he realized, you know, everything that he's done has kind of led him to this point, you know, where he's kind of, you know, dragged Rollins uh, into the depths of, you know, depravity and, and you know, darkness and that's something Rollins has said himself where like he's kind of learned from edge in that sense and he's uh, embracing being edge light here uh so there's that moment last night where, where edge really realized like oh like this is kind of if not his fault like you know at least he's responsible for for winding up in this situation by bringing this out of Rollins and Rollins you know screamed at him like why won't you die and he you know kicked him again and again and edge like kept getting up and finally he didn't and Rollins finally hit the stump and then on Rollins' part, there's one moment with how he just kind of realized, like, oh, I just stopped the man. You know, what does this mean? And then we did see Edge get stretched out of the arena backstage, getting loaded in an ambulance, and Rollins asked about it. And he basically said, uh, I don't know how to feel about it. Maybe I don't feel anything at all. So, uh, but the fact that we did see Edge getting stretched out there uh, definitely seems to be my thought uh, and uh, among others, uh, but like Mookie Alpha saying that we probably won't be seeing Edge for a while. Michael's saying that Edge will probably return in 2022, maybe over on Raw to kind of sh shake it up in that sense. 
Um, and it emphasizes he's probably not coming back until next year. And I would agree. I, I think based on this injury angle, Extreme Rules is only what two weeks away? Yeah. So that's not the, not the Sunday, obviously, but the one after that. So it would be very surprising to see Edge come back uh, to set up a, this third match so quickly. You know, usually not always, but usually WWE likes to kind of stretch out these injury angles here. Um, so you know, if we get a third match, I could see maybe like Royal Rumble at the earliest, if not later. Uh, I'm not really sure. I, I really, I don't think they're going to bring back Edge. Uh, you know, trying to win the Royal Rumble yet again uh, next year. I think that'd be a little overkill. As much as I like him, I think next year it should be somebody else's turn. Um, but of course, you know, there, there's the flip side that, you know, uh, and I, I think I had to last week, maybe they should have added a stipulation uh, to this match to shake it up a little bit. Uh, but Eddie Zahari is saying that it is extreme rules. So you can easily add uh, a stipulation to that match uh, and, and do that, where whether it's an, an ambulance match or, or a last week standing match to end the feud before the draft. And I was going to talk about that uh, later as well. But, uh, I mean, I think if we hadn't seen the man get carted out into a, uh, an ambulance and loaded, uh, you know, driven off into the night like that, uh, it, that we might see him uh, come back sooner. But I feel like it's safe to say he'll, he'll be back. He will not be back for a while. Um, and, and that's a shame. I think, you know, Robert and I have been talking about it for, for weeks now that we've really enjoyed seeing Edge, having the nostalgia, hearing his theme song, seeing the crowds now, you know, go crazy for him. He got a huge pop last night, as he darn well should. Um, but yeah, I, I think we won't be seeing him for a while. Will he come back to SmackDown or Raw? I don't really know. Um, we've seen him on both at this point, so even since he's come back. He had been on Raw at first, now he's been on SmackDown. Um, so I, I could see it either way. Uh, again, if they want to have him wrap up the suit of Rollins, kind of similar with Rollins, you know, if you draft him to Raw or leave him on SmackDown, maybe Edge will follow suit, uh, and, and that way they can pick this up uh, whenever Edge does come back. So, nonetheless, very much looking forward to, I would assume it's f fair to expect a, a third uh, mastery of the two, because now the, the the score is tied, and usually when they have a feud like this, you want that rubber match. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's definitely interesting where with Edge leaving, uh, Rollins is now um, as kind of as he had been before the suit of Edge, kind of floating a little aimlessly, where it's like, okay, he's got this moment of character development of you know, now he's like sunk to the depths, uh, really, you know, definitely uh, maybe evolved a little bit. But it's like, what do you do next? Mikey Alpha saying you could have uh, Seth Rollins go after Biggie in the Money in the Bank contract because Rollins had said, you know, even after he lost Edge at SummerSlam, that he wants to uh, challenge for the, for, the, for the Universal title. So, and now we're being uh, joined by Robert D. Felice here. Robert, how are you going? How's it doing? How, how are you doing? Sorry, I can't talk to you. I'm doing great. How uh, SmackDown was fan. Fantastic. SmackDown was absolutely fantastic. And it was one of the better SmackDowns I've seen since the NXT episode in 2019. Yeah. And uh, well, I I think legitimately we're talking about some of the best work ever done by some of these characters. Absolutely. Yeah, I was, I was talking about uh, Edge versus Seth Rollins for a minute and, you know, some of the storytelling we saw there, some of the character character work we saw there. What do you think about that match and, and the outcome with having Rollins win and Edge get carted away? I think Edge versus Seth Rollins was even better than SummerSlam. I think it was one of the best matches I've seen on TV in years. Uh, Edge really, I think, is one of the most underrated performers ever. I think everybody knows Edge, but when you think about Edge, you think about TLC, you think about this and that, but Edge just did a straight-up wrestling match. 
is one of the best wrestlers of all time. I think he showed it. I'm not big on the carded away stuff. Because does that mean every time he takes a break, he has to be carted away? But, like, whatever. Great stuff. It's not over yet. Hopefully, it's not actually like, oh, he's going to be out for months and months. And he just has a match Extreme Rules with Rollins. Because they have a feud that can do an Extreme Rules match. Exactly. You know, and we got a couple of comments about that, wondering if we could see that third match at Extreme Rules. And I, I've been saying that, you know, well, it's possible they could do the, the carted out angle and, and bring it back maybe on the, the, the show before Extreme Rules. It would seem a little weird to me to have the guy carted away and then bring it back just like that. Because usually this is a way to kind of you know, write somebody off for, for some period of time. You know, that you're well, not I definitely think he's going to Saudi because he's a big enough guy that they're going to want him there. Unless he flat out refuses to go. That's what I was going to say. Like, maybe. I don't know. I, you, you, it's hard to dis- uh, distinguish between, you know, edge the, the performer and edge the person. I'm not sure right. uh, where he stands on that. Because that's that he, that he didn't have to deal with that when he was an in-ring performer. That's been a new thing. And since he's returned, it's been the, the pandemic era. So that's, that's something that, you know, we'll kind of wait and see. You know, I'm not really not sure where he stands on that one. Um, uh, I'd like to see I'd like to see this match get Agro Extreme Rules. I think that would definitely, you know, stack up the card a little bit, which is already looking better by the week, or at least in some ways. Raw, Raw may have just lost one of their top matches based on a very confusing booking decision, but um, yeah. You know, I, I just to, to say something about that real quick, I don't know why this company does what they do. <laughs> I don't know how you would even think that's okay. Like, what what happened there? If you don't watch SmackDown, like if you're exclusive to Raw, not that uh, brand lines really exist like that, you've no idea what happened. No, uh, and I don't want to be that guy, but like AW, they announce something and they do it. WWE, like more by the week lately, it's like they announce something. You know, they announced last Monday after Lashley and MVP won the tag turmoil match that we'd get a Raw tag title match on Monday to set up. You know, the fact that already announced Orton challenging Lashley for the main title at the pay-per-view. Now, scrap the tag title match. They're doing the, the WWE title match on Monday with no announcement for Extreme Rules. I think the, the match announcement itself had said, oh, they don't want to wait to Extreme Rules. What, why the hell not? But literally in the promo last week, MVP said, you know, okay, we want to fight we're, you. We're going to wait till Extreme Rules. Like, what is that? What? And thankfully, SmackDown doesn't tend to suffer from some of those um, confusing choices quite as much. But it's not, you know, uh, immune from it. We see plenty of things uh, along that same vein. But my gosh, like, that was definitely um, a bit of a mood-souring aspect. I I would at least say when AEW has to cancel a match, like a... a, a, uh, They They announced it. At least they said, hey... Sorry, we're not going to do the match. We'll they do the match. Like, they have a reason. At least yeah, they know my, like, to just be, be hit with, oh, by the way, it's not happening. And what's ha- like, whatever. That's WWE for you right now. Man. It's crazy times. Crazy times. It really well, is. I was waiting for, for you so we could talk about this absolute gold mine of the opening segment. We had Roman Reigns come out. It was talking about the Usos. Yeah, we're the ones where you guys, you know, we got to win tonight. Don't let the family down. Uh, more of this wonderful love triangle between Reigns, uh, Heyman, and Brock Lesnar. So Reigns comes out. He's talking about how in New York, 
WWE runs New York. I thought that was a, a shot at AEW because they'll be running a New York show in literally two weeks. Um, and then he was saying, you know, I run WWE, WWE runs New York, therefore I run New York. And the crowd was digging it up. They were cheering him. You know, this was probably the most I think he's been cheered since fans have come back. They're definitely for uh, Roman Reigns. Then Brock Lesnar comes out. The place goes nuts because yeah. it's Brock Lesnar. Uh, and, and Brock Lesnar speaks like for the first yeah. time like ever. He really is, you know, since I can recall, maybe since, you know, his initial WWE run, really. Other than some like brief lines here and there. Yeah, um, other than that first promo where he was just like he did so badly that he said you better call Heyman. The yeah. you know, this was a good and it was a good promo for Brock. Brock seemed natural and confident and happy. He didn't seem like he was trying to over tough guy it. Right. And Paul Heyman should get an Emmy, Emmy Award for what he did on the show. Paul Heyman should get an Emmy Award. My gosh, like so good. Like we we all we've we we always talk about how Roman Reigns has been doing awesome stuff. Uh, Paul Heyman, absolute treasure, you know, really selling all this. Like you know, Brock comes out and you know there's just obviously clear tension and he's like, you know, I forget what did Heyman ask me. It was like, oh, oh why why of all titles that we could challenge for what do you challenge for Roman Reigns? And I'm like, my gosh, like right in that moment, it's like, wow, like he, he's very clearly trying to play both sides. Uh, which and we, I think we, you and I talked about this a bit last week. They, they were really kind of, you know, bucking the trend where like we talked about, oh, they could do like a traditional kind of betrayal where like one, you know, chooses one side. No, this man's trying to play both sides and he's pretty much on the precipice of losing out on both where, where Brock Lesnar was about to F5 this man. But Roman Reigns probably uh, before that Roman Reigns left Paul right, Heyman to he get F five. You know he was furious. Yeah, he, Brock Lesnar straight up said, "I got a question for you. Why didn't you tell him that I was going to be at SummerSlam?" And that causes Roman to leave Paul Heyman in the ring, and Paul Heyman, <laughs> to his credit, immediately stumbles and he goes, "But ladies and gentlemen." <laughs> My name is Paul Heyman, and for 20 years, I've been the advocate for the beast incarnate Brock Lesnar. Everybody pops. Lesnar pops. I, I love that. It's like old times. You got five seconds to accept my challenge on behalf of Roman Reigns. Even though he actually just got fired because the Roman walked out on him, and I was like... Well, he yeah. actually said, before Roman fires you, you yes. still have time to yeah. accept this on his behalf. Five, four, three, two, one, and he lifts him up to the F five, and Reigns saves Heyman, but Brock doesn't stay down from the Superman punch. Brock gets up, has Roman in the F five position almost immediately. Usos come out, double super kick. He bounces off the ropes, double clotheslines. It was just one of the most perfect segments. I have seen on WWE television in years. It's one of those things where right now it's really Heyman and Reigns and Lesnar and everyone else. I know that that's a huge problem in WWE history, but it's literally and everyone else. You know, you need that exposure because right now Roman Reigns is the only top guy with mainstream credit, even though he's been there 10 years now. Yeah. He's the, he's the only top guy with like a modern thing on him that isn't ruined in any way that can carry anything he does this was 
flawless. And then we go backstage, and I think Heyman tells Kayla, Roman Reigns will respond to Brock Lesnar's challenge when Roman Reigns wants to. And then Roman Reigns asks Paul Heyman, I, I saved you. Why didn't you tell me he was going to be at SummerSlam? And, like, still, we don't know if Paul, if Brock Lesnar was just like, I'm going to ruin this for you and just make it look like you knew. No, 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 no. Paul Heyman did not give an answer. Paul Heyman is guilty as sin, Robert, all right? He's very clearly trying to cover his own ass. I still think best way around that. Hey, Brock, I don't think Roman's going to beat John. I need you. Because if he doesn't beat John, you're going to. Like, well, I, I still, that's the way to go with it. Even if it's not a direct betrayal, he very clearly violated uh, Roman Reigns' trust by doing that. And by that's a clear um, you know, sign that he doesn't believe in Roman Reigns, is that he doesn't fully acknowledge the tribal chief as Michael Yuffa, or who just said it. Oh, yeah, Michael Yuffa saying that Roman's the best in WWE right now. Um, I, you know, that to me, the, and we're going to get a couple comments about it. And that's Chris saying him and will turn on uh, Roman Reigns here. Uh, I don't think I, so. That's, yeah, no, because because Lesnar was about to f five the man, like he was not like on board with him. Like you know, there's definitely is some. It's not like they're picking up right where they left off. Like they had one brief moment where uh, Lesnar said, "Oh, just like old times," but like he was luring Heyman in to you know attack him. Uh, yeah, like they're really like blurring the lines here of like who exactly is on whose side, and, like what we can really you don't know what to expect. And, and you know, I feel we might be seeing more of this. You know. Brock Lesnar standing by himself here, and I think that's definitely something different. And as I said, I was I was surprised he was he was actually you know talking last night. So I'm, he was I'm very confident. I, I I like the look too. I like that he's not like wearing a Suplex City shirt. He's just like rocking this flannel. He looks like he just got up off the farm in Saskatchewan. He he looks fantastic. This is a great look. Nesh Chris, not a fan of the look, saying the hair is not working. I think we'll have a couple more comments about that. But, um, I mean, yeah, I, like, like you just said, he's, he's very, literally like ripped off the farm in Saskatchewan, coming out here at uh, Master Garden, see like the flannel vest uh, and this like, you know, ponytail and everything. Um, no, it's, it's fun. Like, it's, it's very indicative. Like, this is a, a different Brock Lesnar. And I saw a bunch of comments last night where like, yeah, these two have been feuding. If you really think about it, since what, like 20... Since 2015, 15. yeah. So, and so that's, you know, six years, but, you know, this is so different. And we've seen them face off so many times, but it's never been like this. It's never been with a face by Lesnar. As Ben Milligan is asking if Lesnar's a face, oh, yeah, this man is definitely a face. You know, there have been reports that he's being positioned that way. And just if you if you watch the segment last night, like, he was going to have five Heyman, he was stepping up to the tribal chief. Uh, he, he and whether again we can we can uh, debate just how guilty Paul Heyman is, but even if you know Paul Heyman didn't do anything, Lesnar trying to like throw him under the bus like that, trying to you know break up the the bloodline is definitely a, a babyface move like that. Um, so you know, I he's definitely a face, and that, that's why, or at least one another reason why the, the dynamic is so different here, along with uh, Roman Reigns being the tribal chief, even though he got really cheered last night. Definitely, he's been. You know this this uh, top level heel, um, right? Yeah, you know, for months now. So you know, I, I'm liking this a lot. You know, as you said, Robert. You know, we we can we can be critical of uh, many many things in WWE right now, but all of this stuff with, with Reigns and Lesnar and Heyman, 
uh, has been absolutely fantastic, and I'm liking it a lot. And on top of that, so we had, uh, you, you mentioned a minute ago, uh, Heyman saying backstage that uh, we'd have to wait until Reigns deemed it an appropriate time to respond. And the time did come, thankfully, later in the show uh, when, you know, he, he basically just did not bury the lead. He he helped the, the Usos retain the, the tag titles. He attacked the Street Profits, choked on Montez Ford. It's a very, very good match. And then he said, basically, you know, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna smash Brock Lesnar as soon as I'm through with Finn Balor. But oh, wait, he's not going to have to deal with Finn Balor. As, as we had kind of briefly got teased of last week, he's going to have to face the Demon because the Demon came out to close the show, sit off romance, and then they, they truly confirmed that it will indeed be the Demon facing uh, Roman Reigns at Extreme Rules, and yeah, that adds like a little. I don't hate this, but I. Uh, it's not fair to Finn Balor. No, Finn Balor is so clearly the other guy because the money here is so clearly Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns that it just feels like Finn, you're a stopgap. And we're going to bring back this demon thing. And if you were going to do the demon, you could have had him take out the Usos. You could have had him do something. Finn Balor, I don't have an issue with the smaller guys. But after watching Brock Lesnar run through everybody and scare off Roman Reigns, Finn Balor in face paint coming out and just staring down Roman felt weird. Right? Like it felt strange. I don't know. Yeah, it's just we and we talked about it in a, in a good way last week when they've got you uh, so many things so that it feels like the whole show is centered around the world title where you've got now you know Balor and now the Demon you've got we got a couple of teases from Biggie last night where again reminding Paul Heyman that he does have the Money in the Bank case so he's right there uh, on Reigns' heels or uh, at the same time on Bobby Lashley's heels uh, when he chooses the right time uh, and then you've also got you know obviously Lesnar the the elephant in the room. Um, that we were just talking about. And, and now now you've got Extreme Rules, and you know we do know this match will be happening. Uh, Nesh Chris saying that Damon was a great surprise. Uh, you could, she, and I think this is you know, one possible direction. Nesh is saying you could do a triple threat match uh, with Damon winning the title. I mean, I saw a couple of tweets last night like, oh, you're, the, we're going to see uh, Damon Demon Balor win the title, and then Reigns will face Lesnar without the title on the line. Like, no, like, I... It, no, was, you don't understand... Roman Reigns is untouchable right now. The end. He's untouchable. That's that's it. That's the point of the story. He is untouchable right now. And to me, I, w- I would definitely agree. And the only way I could really see like any room, on, on, in theory, any room for the demon winning here would be if we were kind of in, in the, the peak of the, of the demon, right? But we haven't seen the, this character since 2019. And they're like, not even doing anything to, like, make it feel special. They said, here he is. His presence is special enough. And I think this is a bad move WWE is starting to get into, where it's just like, well, we're going to book it, and that's the extent of our care. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, it was still a fun surprise. You know, it's something that I know many, many people have been hoping to see for quite a while because it has been, I think, over two, two years at this point since 2019. I think it was Super Showdown 2019, so it was June. So it's been quite a while. I think it'll be fu- it was fun seeing him last night. Um, I guess, in a way, maybe maybe it, it would have been better if they hadn't 
tease it last week, but with the, with the way of like the, the heartbeat sound in, in the arena to close the show. Um, but I don't know. I, I think at the very least, you know, this is better than just another battle versus no, like match. It, it would have been better if the heartbeat led to a slow burn where you're seeing, oh, the demon's coming back. And now he's scaring off the Usos and he's doing threatening things. And you give it a month or two. That's the problem in this company. They don't have a month or two. They give themselves two weeks. And they're like, okay, we need to go. We yeah. need to go. And if you had the time, this could be better. This clearly just looks like, here's a gimmick for the pay-per-view. Roman Reigns will smash you. Roman Reigns will, you know, choke you out. One, two, three. Very, very likely, if not pretty much assured at this point and then you know assuming that is the case do you think we're going to get reigns and lesnar in saudi or we're gonna have or are they gonna saudi. yeah saudi and it's look i don't hate those shows i actually i was one of the few people that was like hey look if we're gonna keep getting these random fantasy booking cards i'm fine with it but that air the air is just different right like it doesn't feel it feels like they're putting on a paid show rather than, oh, let's get these raucous fans going. And I think we just get it in Saudi. And I think Lesnar's got the best chance of beating Reigns, but I still think it's Reigns until WrestleMania, at least. Man. I can I, I, I can see why they want to do it in Saudi Arabia. I understand the money. I understand that side of things, but... It'd be so. I really would prefer it if they were somehow like drew it out to Survivor Series because right now that's that's slated to be in New York, which we just saw last night. New York loves Roman Reigns. New York loves Brock Lesnar. It's supposed to be in Brooklyn, so that would be presumably a, a very very hot crowd. And like that that you know this match is worthy of a WrestleMania like WrestleMania main event. So to me to to do it on on the Saudi Arabia show like that, uh, and rather than one Star Series is, is quite literally the next month. Not the best, you know. I, I think that would be my preference. Not to say that it's not; it's still going to be a fun build. It's still going to be a fun match. Um, there's every chance they could like kind of do some shenanigans and, and you know do a screwy finish and then do five series anyway. But then you lose some of the luster of of the match, you know, being at five series in the first place. So, but I think I would agree. I don't think it. Well, you, Robert, you were just talking about how you know more often than not, WWE kind of. Uh, just doesn't have patience and they just kind of uh i don't even think it's that they don't have patience anymore i really think it's just we make content here is content we have made it okay next content like they don't there's no feeling in anything that they do anymore and they have a lot of this like synthetic feeling like they constantly talk about emotion and feeling but it's all synthetic it's all just phony and i know you're sort of go well WWE's fake yeah but aew don't feel fake man like aew feels like it's it's real energy real emotion wwe just feels like we have made content like i don't know that's just the way i see it i think that's generally true and then there are exceptions to that rule for me reigns and lesnar remains that case where it's like that has been so good uh, and, and I guess over on the raw side, RK Bro has been a lot of fun. Like there, there are exceptions, but I think that is generally the case. Um, and to me, I, I think that it is still a matter of patience, or or at least the general mindset of 
that yes, that emphasis on content creation rather than making a good wrestling program, a good rest, good good wrestling content. Right, there is definitely a difference there. How so. empty does that sound, too? We're just making content. It's not. It's nondescript content. Here is your content. Like, it's um, a mystery meat. It's what are you getting? I'm not sure if anyone here is familiar with it, but in the, the Bo Burnham special on Netflix, like there's a song just like, here's your content. And he's like singing about it. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's that very <laughs> vague, un undescribed content. It's not wrestling. It's, sometimes it doesn't feel like sports entertainment. It's content. We um, make we, we, we big movies, pal. It's not even that anymore. Just, <laughs> here, here's your content. Like, oh, here you man. go. All right. Before we get to like the one big, like, I know we've been a little critical tonight or today, but before we get to the one big you know, drawback of the show, the elephant in the room for sure, do you want to point out one another uh, fun part of the show last night was that they brought out Trey Young, the man who killed the New York Knicks' dreams in the playoffs. Very much a smart move uh, for the live fans there to, you know, was this man, he was booed pretty much as much as uh, Lo not Jake Paul. Yeah, when the, the Logan Paul. Logan, I cannot forget them straight. Logan Paul, when they brought him back on, on Raw a couple weeks ago, the man was booed out of the building. Uh, and very similarly here, maybe even more so, this crowd hated this man, booed, booed him, booed him, booed him. They got this 10-man uh, tag team match, uh, and Sami Zayn, wearing a New, Jer a New York Knicks uh, jersey, brought up Trey Young, uh, saying like something like, oh, the, the one man who knows what it's like to win in Madison Square Garden. crowd just let, let this man have it. Uh, and he even like got a physical advantage Mysterio. He got kicked out for doing so and the crowd cheered like it was very very fun this is something you'd see at like a house show but the fact they would do it on this uh you know the, the super smackdown was a lot of fun biggie got the pin here and a good one so he, he you know they're actually making mr money the bank look good and we got one brief moment uh backstage he he had stared down paul Heyman at one point and then i think he, he gave a promo after the match uh or no maybe give the promo and then he stared uh, Heyman backstage and there was like really like i don't know Someone we haven't really seen before. He was like almost like creepy, where he was just like kind of like not the usual laughing, like you know, bubbly, like oh, you know, fun biggie. Like, you know, he was like kind of creepy, like laughing in a similar vein of like, oh, like you know, I got you, but like there's something where it made me think, oh yeah, like I I love seeing Biggie the baby face, Biggie, you know, as we have seen him. But to me, like there's definitely some depth to Biggie's character where it's like, I think this man could really do some other things as well at least at some point down the road. Maybe once, assuming they, uh, we finally do get all the things with Biggie as this uh, uber baby face finally getting his flowers and everything. Maybe somewhere down the line, like and as more, a very like serious, creepy, like perhaps even heal Biggie. Again, way down the line. I just couldn't help but think that last thing. We, so the best heal Biggie we've ever seen is Dolph Ziggler's heavy Right. And AJ Lee's heavy, like, which by the way, fantastic. I think one of the most underrated pairings of the last 10 years was Dolph Ziggler, AJ Lee, and Biggie Langston. But with this added level of the new day, yeah, I, I could like to see Biggie turn heel. It won't happen. Those guys are so beloved. <laughs> like, they're probably the one angle and the one, uh, character like character group that i would just take as a whole i'd buy the ip for and plug them into AEW. just so it's like okay they have all the good stuff here now like because that ip is just it, it sells like hotcakes people love the new day i think it was a mistake to split them up but credit to them it never felt like they were split up no. it never it never once felt like 
oh man, they're not the new day. They they still felt like the new day. They still are the new day. So I think it's only a matter of time. I think it was October first. Yes. And October fourth is that yeah. draft. They gotta put them back together. Yeah. And, and uh, then, I guess to, to delay the the big negative for a little more here. But yes, we have confirmed, or other reports have confirmed, the draft will start on October first, just a few short weeks away. My gosh, thank goodness. You know, we've been talking about it for months how at least Raw de desperately needs it, and SmackDown could benefit as well, shaking up the roster here. Um, very, very much looking forward to that, where uh, there's a lot you could do, whether, you know, and we get into the fun fancy booking side of things here, sending Drew McIntyre to SmackDown, Asuka, assuming she's clear, send her to SmackDown, uh, inject Raw with a bunch of talent, because that show, I think, definitely needs it. Rhea Ripley needs to go to SmackDown. I'm worried yeah. that they won't, because they like this pairing with uh, Nikki A.S.H., who should also, quite frankly, go to SmackDown, because I think she has a kid's gimmick. And yeah. More kids should, should be, theoretically, watching on Friday night at 8 p.m. rather than on Monday night at 10.30 yeah. whenever they decide to put Nikki Ash on TV. Um, I I think Drew McIntyre to SmackDown feels like a given to me. The funny yeah. thing is, I don't know anyone that I've felt so far should go to Raw. We're getting a couple comments here saying from Michael Yuffa that Seth and Biggie should go to Raw. You're just talking about reuniting the New Day. They're, that would accomplish that. No, the Biggie should, the New Day should go SmackDown so they can feud with the Bloodline. It, That'd be good. If they move Biggie to Raw, here's the catch. It looks more likely that he'll win the belt. And it shows that they and having that Bloodline do any jobs. Yeah. Should, should Seth go to Raw? Yes. Do I think Seth and Becky should be on the same show so their travel schedules sync up, considering they have a child <laughs> that is what maybe not even a year old yet? Yeah. So, yeah, I think they should either, unless that works out better for them so that one parent could be home for the child, I think they should be on the same show so they could both be home for the child. I think yeah. that's more important. That's, that's just me. But you can also move, move Becky to Rod. Nothing is stopping you. I mean, she's a SmackDown Women's Champion, so what? We saw it last year. You just hand the belt over <laughs> and take the red one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but what's interesting is you, know, you definitely have uh, a bunch of comments here about who could move to SmackDown. And as you said a minute ago, it's tougher to say who should move to Raw. Because, like, who do we really want to lose? We're, we're the SmackDown show. We don't want to lose anybody. Like, SmackDown, I mean, it's hard to say. I mean... Maybe Kevin Owens. Yeah, I think Kevin Owens is, is, a, is a good one where it's like he, he's been kind of stuck on SmackDown, not doing much. Um, without, <laughs> without even worrying about his contract. Situation. You want <laughs> Kevin Owens' farewell tour to be doing stuff with Lily? Like, no. At, I, at I the don't. very least, keep him with Sammy, keep him on SmackDown. Yeah, I, I don't know because it's like the roster. I, I just did a breakdown of the whole roster for, for another website. And the roster ain't that deep. It ain't that deep anymore, guys. Like, I don't know who I could see moving. I, I see more people getting called up from NXT yeah. and moving over to Raw, like a Raquel Gonzalez. Or, uh, you know, I think they called Aaliyah up. We still yeah, got uh, Davey Boy Smith or David Hart Smith or whatever they're calling him. I think they called him Harry. Actually, this one time he worked the dark match. Harry Smith is back. Could he be on Raw? Austin Theory. Johnny Gargano. Now, here's the thing there. Now, NXT can't lose Johnny. No. Gotta, gotta have Papa John stay on NXT. Unless you're just flat out saying, 
screw it. This is a different NXT. You don't got Johnny. You don't got Tommaso. You don't got Adam Cole. Because you don't got Adam Cole. He gone. He's, he's, he's on another show doing other things. Which, by the way, crazy story. We have it up on WrestleZone.com about what they pitched. Ridiculous. For, oh, oh, reportedly gosh. pitched for Adam Cole. But in that same vein, Keith Lee could move over. Yeah, he's a guy yeah, who Keith could... Lee needs it. Keith Lee needs it for sure. That's another one as well uh, that could definitely. Matter. But again, that's moving from raw to. Yeah, exactly. I... Like raw, raw is some people they've kind of like, if not ruined, um, weakened in in some sense. That, that could definitely benefit from a fresh coat of paint on SmackDown. Whereas SmackDown, by and large, that's not as much the case. They have some people, um, but it's, it's hard to think of like off, off the top of my head. Like they they have enough people that. Yeah, they, they can still like kind of salvage on SmackDown, where, whereas on Raw, some people need that fresh coat of paint. But nonetheless, I am very much looking forward to uh, what could happen. But at one point here about uh, people moving over to Raw, you got Edge, maybe, once he comes back. Carmella, Cesaro, a good one. Carmella coming. should move over because I, I'm a strong believer in putting couples together. Yeah. And Corey Graves is the Raw commentary. So Carmella should move over. Cesaro, maybe, but like... Keep him with McIntyre. I want to see him and McIntyre beat the shit out of each other. And I, I think it's a guarantee that Drew moves over to SmackDown because he's done yeah. everything there is to do on Raw. Yeah. Um, but Gable and Otis, who cares? Like, let's call a spade a spade. Who cares? Will that move the needle? By the way, Natal- isn't Natalia... Italian team are on Raw. They're, yeah. they're the women's tag team champion. Yeah. So they, they, they're both matter. brands. It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. when, they lose, when they lose the titles, that's one thing. But for now, you know, they are definitely... Uh, across both brands, so nonetheless, I am very excited for the draft. Uh, even again, we, we always talk about it. even if it's a band aid fix, it's something. I, I think moving some people up from NXT will be even better, and I hope that's part of it because in, in years past, that's been part of the draft. So I think that'd be very, very beneficial. So um, nonetheless, we're only a few show weeks away from that. So I guess what one, two, little over two weeks here. Yeah. So that's good. I'm very, very excited for that. And I've been putting it off, but we got to talk about it. The SmackDown is very fun. All right. Brock Lesnar, Reigns, Heyman, gold. All right. Rollins and uh, an Edge, fantastic match. The Usos and the Street Profits, we've barely even talked about it. It was a great match. You, you should check it out. Yeah, but, they're great. They're, they need to be in a ladder match at the pay-per-view. Great match. But, but, I said at the start of the show, this was probably the best episode of WWTV we've seen in quite a while, at least I would say this year for, for sure. Yet, uh, on, the, on, the, on the flip side, you know, this very, very quickly, uh, you know, as the show, especially when, once the show ended and it became clear, there would not be a woman's show on SmackDown last night. They had the contract signing with Becky Lynch and Bianca Boyer. That was good, but there was not a woman's match, and that is definitely not a good look. All right. When you've got, granted, the SmackDown roster doesn't have a lot of depth, but you've got. Yeah, oh I'm going to. So, go, actually, go ahead. Just go ahead. I was just saying, they've got talented, they've got very, very talented people. You've got Liv Morgan, you've got Carmella, you've got uh, t- t- Tony Storm, who hasn't been doing anything. You've got Selena Vega. Supposedly, reports have said that they were going to have, uh, I think it was Tony Storm and Liv Morgan face Vega and Carmella, Carmella and something Vega. like that. And that was Vega, was, Vega was ready to go, obviously. And, and Vega did a bunch of charity stuff, I think, right before the show because she lost her father during the September 11th, September 11th attacks. So very clearly, like, they could have had a nice moment for her uh, on the show to kind of acknowledge that. It got cut, supposedly, for time. And 
that's not great. All right. You know, that, that's not, that's not a good look. Yeah. And, and I know many, many people are very disappointed about that. Um, and then at the same time, we also had supposedly, uh, Naomi's storyline with Sonya Deville was going to have a segment kind of to, to keep that. They moving. moved it to social. They did, did but still, yeah. yeah, the fact that they took it off the show, the, 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 the show itself, I should say, it's not good. You know, that, that it's that as much as that we can enjoy how good the show was last night. There's still very much a, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't perfect. I think that was very fair to say. This is leading, I'm more sure than ever, this is at least leading to Naomi joining the bloodline. Because she's just going to get frustrated and just go, all right, fuck it. You don't want to help me? He's got the stroke. I'm related to him by marriage. I'm going to go just be with my family then and get on the show. Because, like, I think there's something to be said about trying to do things the the right way. We saw both Usos go through the whole, got to do it the right way. And then, you know, eventually you end up in the bloodline. That is what it is. I think that's going to happen there. As far as the tag match getting cut, going to say something. Look, it's not a good look that this is the second week they don't have a women's match. That's not lost on me, right? But ask yourself this. Is a five-minute women's match going to satisfy that for you? Or are you going to get pissed off that, what the hell, they only gave him five minutes? It is a lose-lose. And I think that in some ways, like, I think that's it's more troublesome that that would have been the case anyway. Um, and, and then the fact that the glaring omission uh, of just of, of not having a match is, is speaks more than anything. Because yeah, many I think just, pretty much just as many people would have been upset if it was like a five minute match. Like that's not great either. Um, and I will say, and that's and, my problem. And if I'm WWE at that point, I cut the match. I'm sorry. If I'm WWE at that point, I cut the match because it's like, are we really? We're not gonna win. You know, yeah, would it have been a special moment for Vega? Sure. But then would it have been, well, boo, you made her lose on the day before 9 11? Like, I don't think they win there. And I'll give them that slack of like, there's nothing that they're going to do to please people. I do want to say this since Becky Lynch came back, they are relying far too much on the shoulders of a woman who didn't even wrestle. At SummerSlam, she did one move, and they have totally said, here it is, all on your back, because since you've left, we released about 20 women, and we got no one. Please carry this on your back and run. Yeah. I like, the contract signing was good. You know, I have talked about it for these past couple weeks, where I haven't been a huge fan of the Becky Lynch heel, heel character we've been seeing, but she showed up last night wearing... A uh, flaming red fur coat and a nice. Didn't like this. <laughs> really, I thought Didn't, it was good. I thought you know they, like this. she had a couple good lines. Like uh, at least it was a moment of of character development where she said, "Listen, you know, I came back last minute notice. I left my daughter at home to be here." Uh, uh, tying in some you know, some aspects of, of the reality where it's like she did have a daughter at home. There had been reports that she would probably not be coming back to the fall. Whether that was a red herring or not, I don't know, but. You know, that had been the, the belief at one point. Then maybe they called her out because Tasha Banks could go at SummerSlam. So maybe the, if that was the case, yeah, then she did have to, quote, unquote, leave her daughter at home. And, you know, that the company is relying on her perhaps too much. And, you know, I, I like that. And, and then she had one line where she had said, you know, the the, rest, the WrestleMania, the woman's WrestleMania main eventer is here. And I, I think Bianca had said, like, all, 
you know, without a mic that the hers was better. Like th- I thought this was pr- pretty darn good. What, what was your problem with it? One, Bianca still has not just hit the woman in the face. Hit her in the damn face because you lost. She played you, and yet you come out every week, skip into the ring. Hit her in the face. Do something. Be mad. But I didn't like Becky because she's doing – it's almost like the Rollins thing where it's like, uh, look at me. I got this big, you know, puffy coat. No, nobody wants to boo you. Nobody wants to boo you, and you don't need to be a heel in that way. Like nobody wants to boo Becky Lynch right now. And again, Bianca needs to hit this woman, hit her. Like my God, she stole everything from you, made you look like a fool, and has since said, "I'm better than this. I don't need this." Hit her in the face. What are you doing? Like. I, that's like I just don't understand the lack of physicality from Bianca. I don't know if I want to see a female version of the drip character that Seth Rollins is doing. And I'm not saying that just because they're together. It just that's what it looks like she was doing there. Yeah. Like, and I could do without the big puffy coat. People like Becky Lynch because they like Becky Lynch. Should Becky Lynch be a heel and say I'm too good for this? Sure. The woman is the smartest woman on the planet. She held the title for 400 days, won a WrestleMania match pregnant, leaves without losing the belt, misses the era of the pandemic, so misses virtually nothing, comes back and says, oh, hi, we're in a big stadium again. Give me my belt. Thank you. Hey, the man's back. Becky Lynch is the smartest character in WWE right now. The absolute smartest, and it bothers me that Bianca's not just ready to kick her ass. She's more just like, I'm going to talk about my virtues and how I'm going to prove that I'm better than you. It's like, you had that time. You did that with, with Bailey. You did that with Sasha. Hit her. Hit her in the face. Like, you don't need to explain yourself here. Hit her in the face. Yeah. That, that's I- my take on it. I think that, that that was definitely still true last night. The, the criticism of Bianca not being mad enough, not being not showing that that growth as a character. I think we did see a step in the right direction. She was a little more like rel- relatively, which for comparing the past like the past two weeks last night, there was a little more. Where she was like, you know, I, I lost my respect for Becky. I'm gonna beat her at at, uh, at Extreme Rules to take my title back. Uh, but as Ness Chris uh, saying, agreeing with you, it's the time for talk is over. Uh, Bianca's got to hit her, not be skipping out to the ring. So that, I think that is still kind of the time um, for talk was over. The the minute that she beat you, you should have gotten up and like at least chased after her, and I just been like, okay, golf clap, you beat me. Hit her, hit her. Like, come on, you're supposed to be the roughest, the toughest, the fastest, the strongest, the best. You're just dumb right now. <laughs> like, hit her. Yeah, and I, I think uh, along that same vein, Francois Nando saying Belair needs to have some of the attitude she was known for in NXT, and we, uh, we've seen it in, in bits and pieces, but you know they're definitely not enough. And again, I think having Becky, you know, pretty much steal the title from her would be a very good uh, incentive to have her show some of the attitude, not being this you know bubbly, fun, happy to be here babyface. So uh, we could hope maybe maybe if Bianca, I would assume she will lose at Extreme Rules, you know, maybe that will be another kind of push in that direction where she's going to be like, all right, now I'm mad. Like, this is ridiculous. Uh, maybe. But we can hope. But um, I will say, you know, we've been seeing more, you know, 
pretty firmly, especially last night, leaning in the in the uh, Becky Lynch as a heel character, even though she has been getting chewed anyway. Uh, you know, last night especially, granted, it was a very hot Madison Square, Madison Square Garden crowd, but they were cheering for Be Bianca, and I think that in that sense, mission accomplished. Where it's like you, you pair with, with Becky Lynch, yeah, SummerSlam, not the best way to go about it. But you know, having the storyline now, it's like by having her in there with Becky Lynch, by having Becky as the heel, you know, people are getting more or even more behind Bianca. And I think that's a good thing. I think that's, you know, something that we hadn't really uh you know seen so much, you know, before Becky Lynch came back, what during kind of the heart of uh Bianca's reign as a champion, partially because of the lack of depth on the uh SmackDown's one division side of things, but um but also, you know, by having Becky in there, granted hasn't been perfect, you know, as a character in terms of the, what, what they've been presenting her as, um, you know, I, I, I definitely think that, you know, that has helped in, even though it hasn't been perfect. And we can still hope that uh, we will get that character growth anyway. But, you know, to me, that's definitely a silver lining that it's getting her more, I hate to say more over, but essentially, yeah, that she is getting to be the the star that we know that she is where like it's she's been she was a champion but it still didn't always feel like she was at that level no i think she's getting to be at that level and that's a good thing so yeah yeah i'm liking it i thought again wasn't perfect i'm coming around on the becky lynch character a little bit yeah the fur coat was silly we don't, i don't i would agree i don't want this the the female version of the, of the seth rollins character we've been seeing but or we had been seeing i think again we saw uh a, a, an evolution in that character last night but hopefully as we go forward here uh, you know, Becky will kind of show some more layers, and that's just we can hope that Bianca will show some layers to the character that she's been seeing, uh, been portraying. So, again, not a perfect show, all right. You know, we we're yeah. talking about, I want to knock them for one more thing because this was funny yesterday. This is funny. I got tweets about this and stuff. All of their production trucks, like 80% of the wrestlers featured on their production trucks, are gone, and it's just like. I saw ones with Hardy, with Lana, with uh, uh, who else was it? It was Lana, I think Bray Wyatt. Oh, Braun Strowman was on one of them. Of it's like, come on. Does that not say alone? These are pivotal people you shouldn't release. These are pivotal Crazy. people. Man. Yeah. No, that's another thing, right? The, there's always like those reminders of, of people that aren't there. You know, so, so it's, we can enjoy. Uh, you know, so some people that are, you know, uh, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, Prime, and you know, there's always something that's like, no, they, they you know, they're they, still. They know. went through a lot of change. Yeah, uh, yeah good show. I honestly, we can knock it, but it was one of the better SmackDowns. Oh yeah, and you like know. that's why I said with the whole within the match thing, really, like I understand that there's a whole demographic of people that just watch for the women. So to them, maybe this is taking a huge L, right? Maybe they don't care about Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. And that I respect that. But like big picture, I don't think a five-minute women's tag match was going to change the landscape of SmackDown women's wrestling. Do I think they need to give their women more of a chance? Absolutely. But you're not going to get me to knock this show too much just because – Hey, we didn't get that one woman tag match that would have lasted five minutes and gone nowhere. You know, like I'm a realist in that sense. So, overall, I'm gonna give this show like a nine. Yeah, this man. Is, this is a good show. Like Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns stole the show. Brock Lesnar, for all the knocks you want to give him about not caring about wrestling, he's good at it. 
when he does. Paul Heyman deserves an Emmy. Uh, Edge and Seth Rollins, pardon the pun, burned it down. Absolutely one of the best matches. Edge still is another one of those guys who is just on a different level. It's a shame. It is a shame that you have to rely on these people that have been here for years and years and years and years and years and years and years. But it's clear that they're so much better. It just is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I give it a nine. That was my my gut instinct. My gut instinct as well. Like it's a nine, and for me, and I never rate that highly. But my gosh, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I thought, uh, you know, Azrael was very good. Loved everything about Reigns, Heyman, and Lesnar. Um, lots of just lots, lots of good stuff to enjoy. And, and I would agree. Yeah, you know the, yeah, the, it's not great to not have a woman match like that. But again, if we're looking at the big picture, especially, I I, I want to. Uh, knock the how good the show was with my number of saying okay i think this was definitely one of the best shows we've seen in a while and definitely the uh, several viewers agreeing melon melson show is great giving it a 10 10 out of 10. eric hedstrom with a 9.5 as well there michael mm-hmm. with a nine and nestor with a nine as well and francis Fernando with a solid nine so you know again the, 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 the numbers it's speak a for good themselves. show it's, it's a, a good very good show, show. yeah you know, above average like not even just above average like a, a generally good show and to me Far and away here, SmackDown definitely has become, uh, at least for me, you know, probably the, the best WWE uh, show of the week. And, and, you know, when you have a strong show in, a, in an individual sense of, of what we saw last night, you know, it makes it very, very easy to look forward to SmackDown, whereas it's not, not always the case with uh, stuff where you see it over on Monday Nights on Raw. But regardless, John Clark and I will be here on Monday night to talk about Monday Night Raw with the perhaps confusing announcement of the WWE Championship match will be a, a noteworthy show to say, to say the least. And also John and I will be here on Tuesday to talk about the new the era new of NXT. NXT. Whatever the heck that means, I don't know. Um, but you know, it's going to be something. Uh, and other than that, Robert will be here next Saturday to talk about Friday Night Smackdown, whatever, whatever happens next week. And otherwise, we've got a great stream of interviews currently available and lined up for you guys. I interviewed Ring of Honor, former Ring of Honor world champion Matt Taven. That's that's that just went up yesterday, so make sure to check that out. I had a Ring of Honor's pay per view, Death, Death Before Dishonor, on Sunday. Bill Pusher recently interviewed CM Punk. He's interviewed Paul White, also known as The Big Show. So much great stuff here uh, over on Russell's own interviews, our post shows, the Diamond Dudes with Rampage, talk about all things AEW. And as Nesker is pointing out, it's a SmackDown show, but I'll throw a little love AEW's way. Friday night was awesome for both companies. We had a fun episode of Rampage. I'm sure Marcus and Dominic will talk all about that. They'll be live tonight, Saturday night, for with their show, Two Diamond Dudes of Rampage. Make sure to check that out. And otherwise, wrestling's fun, man. Wrestling is back. It's, it is firing on all cylinders. You know, with a fun show for SmackDown. Uh, you know, pretty much whichever, wherever your loyalty lies, there's something to enjoy here uh, across the board here for wrestling, and that is a very, very good thing. So with that, we thank you for listening. And Robert, going forward here as we enter the weekend, uh, coming off of a fun episode of SmackDown, looking forward to another fun week in the world of wrestling. We do one thing here above all others uh, at Wrestling. Can you tell me what that is? That's simply enjoy wrestling. Indeed. Thanks for listening, everybody.